0: welcome to this week's episode of the north bible church podcast now let's join our pastor as we open god's word together well good morning north my name
1: is wes the mission pastor here and it's good to be with you. Whether you're at home right now or you're sitting on your back patio or you're driving to work on a Wednesday and listening to this or maybe watching this while you, while you drive with the folks that are in, in the room right now, it is good to be with you this morning worshiping. We are in our Crucial Questions series and this has been a journey for the last several weeks on, uh, through God's word on some questions that you and I have submitted and we are uh, going through these. Now, I, ha- I want you to do something with me real fast I want you to raise your hand if this applies to you. At at some point during the Crucial Questions series, if you thought to yourself while the sermon was happening, while the message was being given, if you thought to yourself, I'm not exactly sure I believe what was just said, raise your hand. Or raise your hand if it's true that you have said to yourself, maybe, "Um, hmm, I haven't really thought of it that way before. So go ahead and raise your hand wherever, wherever you're at. We're all at the at the same playing field here so i think that uh, diversity of perspective is important i think that's what it means to be the body of christ i want to celebrate the fact that we have different callings we have different expectations we're different people with different experiences i think that's what proverbs is talking about when it says that iron sharpens iron now god's word is the same god words words never change but we are always growing as individuals, and we are always growing as the church. And so coming together and having these discussions is really important, and that's what we get to do during this series. And today's question is, falls right along that same line. You know, there may be at some point where you're like, hmm, I haven't really thought of it that way before, but that's all right. We're coming to the table with a great question today, and the, the question is this. If God is sovereign, why do we pray? If God is sovereign, why would we pray? Ben Smith told me right before the service. He goes, "Wes, I thought about praying for your sermon today, but God's sovereign, so I didn't need to pray." Right. So that's that's the question for us today. I remember 17 years ago, my wife and I moved here from the uh, from Ohio to Phoenix, and it was hot, and we're going crazy. Like, what is going on? And we were a part of North as it began, and we were a part of Scottsdale Bible as Scottsdale Bible was launching the North campus. And the, the mission pastor over there at the time, Fred Beasley, offered, us, offered for us to go to a trip to Africa. Now, Chris and I have been and, and still are very passionate about missions, and we're like, of course we're going to go to Africa. This trip sounds amazing. We're going to pray about it, you know, make sure it's a big commitment. There's money involved and, you know, time and all, all the details. And so we both prayed separately about going on this trip to Africa. We both sensed that the answer from God was no. We wanted to go we asked if we could go, but we both independently sensed that the we were not supposed to go on that trip, and we didn't exactly know why. We weren't sure what was going on with that answer, but well, then we found out a few months later that Kristen was pregnant, and so they were like, aha, that's why God didn't, that's why God said no, on going to that trip to Africa, and then there were some complications in the pregnancy, and so Kristen was on bed rest for seven months, and so our prayer then switched to a different prayer. Our prayer was, give us a healthy baby. Keep Kristen healthy, keep the baby healthy. And God answered that request, and we have Bryson, um, 15 and a half years old, or almost 16 now. So there was a prayer that we asked, that we, we asked God for an answer, and we got the answer we didn't want. But then we saw the reasoning behind it. So we understood why God said no to our request or did something different with that prayer and then there's prayers that we have that we get ans- we get the answer that we want and we get to celebrate that and it's awesome but then there's times when we pray and we don't get the answer that we want and we never understand why we're, there's no resolution to it it just it is what it is and we're left i remember praying for my dad For several years, my parents moved across the country several years ago from Maryland to Portland to be near my brother and his family, and my dad had been a pastor his whole career. And so he's looking for ministry positions. And I prayed for a few years for my dad to find a role as a pastor. Well, it's been several years now, and he has has not found a role as a pastor. And, And instead, he would say his calling has changed. He's working for the United Postal Service, and he would say that that's where he's supposed to be right now. But it was interesting to be praying for that. It doesn't, I didn't get what the request that I had, but and I don't quite understand it. That's just a little bit more difficult. So sometimes when we pray, we get what we ask for. Sometimes we pray, we don't get what we ask for, but it it makes sense, there's resolution to it. And then there's times we pray, we don't get the answer we want and we never fully understand why. Even so, uh, Ephesians 6, 18 says this, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I'm not sure what your initial thoughts are when you hear the word prayer. You, you may think of, like, a head bowed. Uh, you may think of hands clasped, or maybe the, the prayer emoji on your iPhone uh, the emoji on Jay's phone is really different because he doesn't have an iPhone. It's a really lame non-iPhone, so the hands clasped thing is really... Sorry, Jay. Maybe you think of taking your hat off in respect to God. Maybe you think of kneeling when you pray. Maybe you think of raising your hands towards heaven when you think of prayer. Maybe you think of praying by yourself. Maybe you think of praying with others. Maybe when, you, when the thought of prayer comes up, you, there's confusion. Maybe there's doubt. Maybe there's even pain or frustration. Maybe you have excitement, and it's, it's something to be celebrated. We're going to discuss several matters about prayer today. Some of the things we're going to answer is, why is prayer so difficult? Why can it be so hard? What about praying in tongues, speaking in tongues in prayer? Do we change God's mind? Does prayer change circumstances? What is prayer for? Is it to listen? Is it to talk? Does God talk to us? So, in addition to your first thoughts about prayer maybe you maybe you have some thoughts about the term God is sovereign the question is if God is sovereign why do we pray but the the assumption is God is sovereign within the question the Bible teaches that God is sovereign and that that means that he is all-knowing he is all-powerful and he's everywhere all the time the the fancy words for uh, God is sovereign are the omnis okay this is Omnipotent, God is all-powerful. God is omniscient, he is all-knowing. God is omnipresent, he's everywhere all the time for all of eternity. God always was, he is, and he always will be. So that's the definition of God's sovereignty. Prayer being defined as communication between man and God, God and man. It's a conversation, it's a relationship with the God of the universe. So the question remains, if, if God is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-sovereign, why would we pray? I mean, th- think about this. The creator of the universe who holds all power, who knows the past, present, and the future, who, who literally has angels flying around him 24-7, one set of wings flying, one set of wings covering their eyes, one set of wings covering their feet, and for, forever, for all the time, they're singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. God with all his infinite wisdom, infinite goodness, infinite love, who lives outside of time, outside of space, and us being limited, flawed, sinful, and living within time and within space, Why would our prayers really matter? Do they make a difference? We're gonna answer that question today about prayer, but first let's establish a few things that prayer is not. All right, prayer is not our manipulation of God. To pray things in certain ways as to try and manipulate God to do what we want him to do. Now, God can't be manipulated, but our motive for going to prayer shouldn't be like a genie in a bottle Or wishing well. God is not to be manipulated. Our prayer is not a performance. If you pray only because you want to check it off your spiritual list, then that's a performance for yourself. If you pray for other people to know that you pray, to be impressive in prayer with lots of flowery words, a prayer is not a performance, whether for yourself or for other people. A prayer is not for special powers. If you want this unique power that no one else has and, and that gives you this, this great thing that you get to do for, for God or for other people, then that's not what prayer is about. Prayer is not one-dimensional. Prayer is multi-dimensional. It's with God, to Him, and from Him. So what prayer is, prayer is a way to connect relationally with God. It's a conversation. It's a way to know His will and desires and for Him to know ours. Psalm 4.3 says this, The Lord hears when I call him. We have a God who hears us. We have a God who speaks and reveals to us. Prayer is a way to glorify God and for a way for us to submit to his lordship. Prayer is an act of faith. Prayer is a mystery. Most of the time, we don't see the God who we are praying to and praying with. There's something very unnatural about prayer. It is a very unique communication style. Romans 26 says that, 26, 8, 26 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought at times. There's great mystery. and It is a very unnatural form of communication, but important, it can be ridiculously amazing. Tim Keller says it like this. He says, Prayer... In the long term, is the greatest source of power possible? Is that your perspective of of prayer? That prayer is the most greatest source of power in your life? Prayer can be difficult at times. There's things that can keep me from praying. There's things that can hinder my prayer. And I want you to consider these for yourself. Do you feel, does time hinder your prayer? Do you feel too busy to pray. Does, does pride keep you from praying? If you have to go to God and ask for help, then that obviously means that you're not strong enough on your own, and so your pride can get in the way. It can hinder our prayer. Sin can definitely hinder our prayer. If there is a conviction that you have, that you're holding on to, that you're not willing to go over to the Lord, that will affect your relationship and your prayer life. Does fear keep you from praying at times? Maybe God's going to ask you to do something that you don't want to do. And so you pray in such a way that you kind of avoid maybe those moments. Uh, laziness gets in the way of my prayer at times. Have you ever been hurt by someone through their perspective of par- prayer or abuse, or you saw some forms of manipulation through prayer, and you just have a bad taste in your mouth for whatever reason, when it comes to prayer, that makes it difficult for you to approach prayer. Him. or maybe someone that you knew was a prayer warrior and then they really let you down and they're like you you question the sincerity of prayer or does prayer make that much of a difference maybe you're naturally you you're just a doubtful person maybe you're kind of a skeptical person that, you know if God already knows what I'm going to pray why well, don't I need to pray it maybe you're trying to protect God with your prayers maybe you don't pray as boldly as you could because you don't want God to not answer it and then God looks bad and he's not as faithful as you want him to be or, or maybe when you pray with someone else you, you pray in such a way that you don't, you don't go boldly in your prayer because you want to make sure that they have a good opinion of God and if he doesn't answer the, the prayer like you want to then God doesn't need our protection. Maybe you've had unanswered prayers or answers to prayer that are not what you wanted. Maybe you've lost confidence in God or, or confidence in prayer there's many reasons not to pray, but I hope this message today is encouraging you towards a step of faith in prayer. Prayer can be awkward at times, right? We just need to acknowledge that. One of my one of my favorite prayers is is this scene. Check it out. <laughs> I love that. Love that scene. There's there's some other good uh, good prayer scenes in, in movies that we could show up today as well, but we'll uh, we'll stick with that one. So prayer can be awkward. At times, right? I, I just feel like that it, it needs to be acknowledged and said. Uh, sometimes I have no idea what to say when I pray. I just don't have the words. There's times I feel like my prayer, you know, it just kind of hits the ceiling, and that's, that's an awkward feeling. Maybe, maybe times when, when I'm praying, I, I've, I lose track of, of where I'm at. And I, I'm like, uh, you know, especially if, if you're by yourself, that's kind of okay. But if you're with other people, maybe, maybe when you're praying with other people, uh, this, someone just uses these really flowery, long words. And, you know, the thouest of holiest, trinity is Yahweh, Jehovah, Jireh. And you're like, I just thank you, Jesus, for the food. I, I got nothing like that. Maybe you just use simple phrases. Maybe that feels intimidating. It's, it's a unique relationship where you're, you're talking to someone that you don't see, and they're, they're not necessarily conversing back with you like you would want, like every other relationship to do. Why do we say amen? We don't do that in any other conversation. A man does mean, you know, uh, let it be, or so be it, and it, there, that is illustrated in scripture, but it's a unique thing that we do. When you're praying with a group, how long do you sit in silence before the next person is supposed to pray, or should you just end the prayers? Do I wait longer? When you're praying to God by yourself and you're asking to listen to what he may have to say to you, how long do you wait before you sense him saying something? Does he say something every time? Prayer can be awkward. Prayer can be difficult. It's an unnatural form of communication. Yet, we are called to it. The really sh- simple, short answer for the question today, and I could just give this to you, and I could wave and say, say goodbye. You know, if God is sovereign, why do we pray is this. Because Jesus prayed, and Jesus asks us to do the same. I mean, if Jesus, who is god's son needed prayer he depended on prayer he he spent a lot of time praying we for sure need prayer and as a follower of jesus and to live as he lived we would also then pray and that could be done and say you know have a great day but it gets more complicated than that right prayer is a sacrifice it's a mystery it's confusing and it's complicated because we are complicated now this is where I need to give you a really, really big disclaimer, okay? It's ironic that I'm preaching on prayer today uh, because if I were to be honest, and I'll be honest, I would, I would usually describe my prayer life as pretty weak. I tend to think of prayer after the fact. I tend to rush into a situation with my own knowledge, with my own power, with my own strength, and then sometimes at the end i will be, oh, I probably should've asked God about that. I should have, maybe I should've corresponded with him, sought his strength. Sometimes when I'm praying, I just can't wait for it to be over so I can, go do the, the, I can go accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. That's kind of an ugly thing to say, but it's, it's true more often than I want it to be. At times I pray just because I told someone that I would pray for him. I'm keeping my word. My prayer is sincere once I start praying, but that motivation that, that got me there is not always as pure as I want it to be. I even prayed more this week because I knew I was going to be preaching on prayer. Is that a good thing, bad thing? I don't know. I did. It was sincere, but I knew I was going to be up here. That doesn't feel like the best motive to pray and have that relationship with him. So I don't ever come before you as an expert, but I especially don't today. I come before you, hopefully, a humbled follower of Jesus trying to figure prayer out for myself. With that being said, let me pray now as we continue to worship God. Uh, we have prayed so far this morning that you are here. I acknowledge that you're here as in individuals as well as with us as a group and at, at home or wherever folks are listening or watching. We acknowledge that you are all-powerful, and at the same time you care about our requests and who we are in our relationship with you. So we ask for your guidance as we go forward in your name. Amen. So let's, let's take on a few of these specific questions. And we're first going to take on the question of praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. And that is defined as kind of two separate ways of, of words that come out audibly that we don't quite understand what's, what's going on. So the first way is this. That, that when you are praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, you, sh- you say out loud a language that is not your own. So literally, I could be speaking in French. I don't speak French, uh, but I could be speaking in French or German, some other earthly language, or I'm speaking, but someone is hearing me in their own native language. That's one form of speaking in tongues. Another form of speaking in tongues is an is a angelic language. That sounds a little bit more like gibberish or maybe groanings, words that are not earthly languages but are angelic or heavenly language. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, What then shall I say, brothers and sisters, when you come together? Each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak. One at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Then it goes on to say in verses 39 and 40 Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Speaking in tongues is a spiritual gift, which means it is for specific people at specific times. Speaking in tongues is not a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is for all believers at all times when we have that relationship with Christ. Tongues are for edification, for growth, encouragement, inspiration, and instruction privately or in public. So, if speaking in tongues in your private life, if that happens, then it does not need to be interpreted. You can understand it. You cannot understand it. The Spirit could intercede for you. Spirit could could interpret. But if speaking in tongues happens in a setting like this Sunday morning or maybe a small group, Paul teaches that it needs interpretation. I would assume that if someone spoke in tongues here on a Sunday morning, that someone would then interpret what that was. Now, I, I have. Been, I haven't seen that here at North. I haven't seen it in a small group personally, but Paul speaks to it here. So I would give this a confidence rating of eight out of ten. Right, Jay, on speaking in tongues. All right. So for for the more complicated question today, does prayer change God's mind? If you know, if God's sovereign, why do we pray? Does prayer change circumstances? There's great tension in this question. And it's unavoidable on the one hand we know that god is sovereign we know that everything that he knows everything and he is unchangeable malachi 3 6 I, I always want to read it malachi malachi 3 6 says i the lord do not change first john three twenty says god is greater than our heart and he knows everything and to further complicate things, right it says in Psalm 139:4, "Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it together." And at the same time, it seems that our prayers and our actions make an impact on the world. Moses is in conversation with God in Exodus 32, and he's pleading for God not to destroy His people. God then says, he relents, and says, I won't destroy. I won't destroy them. In the book of Isaiah, Hezekiah prays to live longer, and then God grants him 15 more years of life. Hannah, who is infertile, prays desperately for a son, and then she has a son. Peter, who is is in prison for preaching the gospel, the church prays for him to be released from prison, and then he is released. Jairus asks Jesus to heal his daughter, and Jesus heals her. Moses asks God to see him. He wants to see him, and God shows up to save his life, and his friends Daniel prays for God to reveal a dream and an interpretation, and then God reveals that dream and interpretation. The thief next to Jesus on the cross says, asks for him to save him. He said, okay, now you'll be with me in paradise. God tells Moses that he's not going to go to the promised land. God's like, I'm not going to go to the promised land with you. Moses asked him to come, and God goes then to the promised land. God even asks Jeremiah on a couple occasions to stop praying for his people because God's heart was softening. There are healings, miracles, things like this all throughout Scripture as a result of faithful actions and prayer. Prayer changes things. Philippians 4, 6 says, Our prayers and petitions grant us peace. It doesn't say anything else grants us peace. It says our prayers and our petitions grant us peace. At the same time, Paul asks for the thorn in his flesh to be removed, but it's never removed. David prays for the life of his and Bathsheba's child, but the baby still dies even jesus in the garden of gethsemane asks his father for the cup of suffering to pass by him and god does not answer that request there are times our prayers are answered in the way that we we ask and there are times that they're not james 4 2 through 3 says you do not have because you do not ask god when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures." So at times, we're gonna ask and we're gonna receive exactly what we ask for. At times, we're gonna ask and not receive what we ask for, and it doesn't have anything to do with us. It's just God's choice. Then there's times we pray and we don't receive it because we're asking with the wrong motive. So what is going on with prayer? We know that we, we don't change God, but we do know that our actions and our prayers and matter to the lives around us, to our life, and they seem to have an impact on God as well. So what is going on? Consider this. If if God is unchanging and He He has the character of relationship with us and love for us, it seems that if God does not interact with our prayers, that it would mean that He's not that loving and not that relational Think of it this way. If my son asks me for something, let's say he wants a new video game, all right? Which happens quite often. Um, Because of my love for my son, that request matters. It's because of that relationship that his request matters. Do I always say yes? No, I say no quite frequently, more often than he would like. But it's because of that relationship that his request matters to me. Jesus even spoke to this in Luke 11. He's talking about knock at the door, you know, seek, and you will find just continue to knock at my door in your requests. And then he says, uh, which, in verse 11 uh, through 13, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him, Clearly, Jesus is illustrating for us that our prayers and petitions to him matter. I believe prayer is a partnership with God. We can't change God, but we can affect him with our relationship and with our requests. Now, there's something I can't answer today. There's probably a lot of things I can't answer today, but one thing that I can't answer is this, this, the mystery of, so Hannah in the scripture, was infertile, prayed for a child, and then had a child. What if Hannah had not prayed for a child? Would she have still had one? When God asked Jeremiah to stop praying for his people because his heart was softening, what if Jeremiah was like, nah, I'm good, I'm gonna keep praying? Would God have not destroyed? If when Peter went to prison because he was sharing the gospel, what if the church hadn't asked God for him to be released? What if they were like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. Would he have still been released from prison? And on a more personal, if we hadn't prayed, if no one had prayed for Bryson to be healthy after the the complication, would he have been healthy or or not? I believe the Bible does not answer that question for us. That's outside of what the the Scripture seems to be telling us is that great mystery of, of why and when. Whether some of our prayers change situations or not, prayer can always change us. And the the best example I know how to give is for you, this isn't gonna be super fun, but think of someone who's irritating to you right now. Think of someone who you're currently frustrated with or annoyed with, maybe it's someone on social media. Maybe you know them personally, maybe you you don't know them personally. What if you prayed for them? And I'm not talking about the, the fun prayer of like, God, give them justice because they deserve it not the uh, prayer of give them a flat tire on the way to work tomorrow but the prayer of god show them extravagant love today bless them beyond measure reveal yourself to them in such a powerful way that they they have so much joy that's unspeakable that prayer would have to change your heart right Prayer is a partnership with God. It doesn't always make sense. There's many ways to pray, and prayer life is like anything else in our life. It takes practice, it takes work. Sometimes you do better, sometimes you do worse. Sometimes you try new things and they fall flat, and sometimes you try new things in your prayer life and they seem to work really well. So i want to make a few suggestions of how to pray. And I'm actually going to call us to a, a seven-day prayer challenge starting today through Saturday. And hopefully we can do this together. But wh- I want to focus in on one of the aspects of that seven-day prayer challenge for us. We'll take a minute. The disciples, the friends of Jesus, asked Jesus, I said, how should we pray? And Jesus gives them what we know as the Lord's Prayer or the Our Father. So that's gonna be one of the aspects of our seven-day challenge this week. But I I wanna make it do a little twist and change up the Lord's Prayer for us for a minute. The, the, The Lord's Prayer starts off with our Father in heaven. That word Father is actually Abba. And it would have been more understood, especially from Jesus, to understand it as more of a daddy or dad. So this week, and even right now, I want to encourage you, if you're so willing, to try it, and like we said earlier, prayer can be awkward, this might feel awkward, but as you approach the Lord's Prayer this week, start off with dad in heaven, because I believe that's what, how Jesus saw his father. It was an intimate relationship. Dad in heaven, how would be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we've, we've added on to this prayer over the years and the doxology, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think that term, dad, in heaven, makes God very approachable, potentially. It did for Jesus. And I think if we try that this week, approach the Father as not necessarily this God that's far off in heaven, but this intimate relationship, like coming to an earthly dad, coming to our heavenly dad. Now, for the rest of the seven-day challenge, I have... I have very lamely called it the seven plaques just because it's an acronym and it works for me but the the seven in the seven plaques is a short devotional that there's a link on there northbible.com prayerchallenge prayer challenge you can get that link it's to a U version but you don't have to have the app for you version it's a short devotional that hopefully we all do from sunday to saturday together so you read that you reflect on it and then you go through the rest of the acronym here P, for pause. After you read and reflect on that devotional, pause, stop, be still. Ask the Lord to meet you. Breathe. Recognize that the Spirit is there. And then the L, the Lord's Prayer. And if you're so inclined, read that prayer, think about that prayer, reflect on that prayer. Dad, in heaven. And then the Acts uh, prayer that maybe you're familiar with, maybe not. A, for adoration. Just spend time telling God how great he is. Glorify him. C, for confession. Confess your sins, your weaknesses. T, for thanksgiving. Thank him for as many things as you can think of. And then S, for supplication. These are where you make your requests and your desires known to him. Let's do this together. In prayer, thank you.
0: In just a moment, we'll rejoin our pastor for today's closing thoughts. But first, we wanted to thank you for tuning in. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website, at northbiblechurch.com. Now, some closing thoughts from our pastor.
1: So whether we're aware of it or not, our prayer changes things. The prayers when I tuck my kids in at bed, bedtime, matter. Their prayers matter. I can think back to my first memories as a kid where I would kneel Next to my bed, with my my head down and my eyes closed, my hands clenched next to my mom, dad, or brother. Those prayers mattered. As a family growing up, we would always hold hands and pray before each meal. And at one point, we couldn't reach so far across the table. My dad grabbed a fork, and I grabbed the other end of the fork just so we could reach and connect with each other. To this day, every time we pray, someone grabs a fork, even though they don't need to. Those prayers mattered. When you drive to work and you spend time pausing, reflecting, giving your requests over to the Lord, they matter. When you have doubts when you pray, and you pray anyway, they matter. If you take us up on this seven-day prayer challenge, I believe those prayers will matter. James 5.16 says, The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Our prayers matter. Let's go boldly in prayer. I love you.